Welcome to the Heart of the City Regina Downtown Podcast Series, Episode 14. I will be your host, Dominika Denev, Manager of Marketing and Communications for Regina Downtown Business Improvement District. Cushman and Wakefield Global is leading the field in research and guidance for business owners, managers, and tenants. Today, I'm joined by Chris Johnson, President and General Manager of Cushman and Wakefield Regina Integrated Property Management, CWRIPM. Chris joins us today to share some of the best thinking and practices that more than 53,000 professionals have compiled across the globe for building owners, managers, and tenants when it comes to recovery readiness and reopening plans. Welcome and thank you for joining me today, Chris. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm pretty well, a little bit rainy, but uh, good spirits all in all. Awesome, love it. Well, why don't we kick things off with a brief overview of what CWRIPM is? Sure. So, uh, Cushman Wakefield Regina Integrated Property Management, or I know it's a big mouthful, so we'll just call it CWRIPM, is a, a commercial property management firm in Regina. Um, we serve Saskatchewan, so Regina, Saskatoon, and a number of surrounding areas, and uh, offering a uh, wide range of commercial property management services. So, everything from maintenance and uh, taking care of the asset to administrative, accounting, and a number of specialty services. So, we really specialize in um, kind of environmental sustainability management and um, big focus now into recovery readiness since uh, COVID made, uh, made its way onto the scene. <laughs> um, now, as most of us have had to adapt our roles within the organizations we work for as a result of COVID-19, have you seen a significant change within your role? Uh, yeah, I have actually. So m big part of my role is property manager um, and president looking after individual assets and then uh, our staff here is really to have had to shift from standard property management functions and day-to-day -day communications in the real estate field to really being a bit more of a specialist, um, specifically on recovery and uh, trying to make predictions and trying to offer guidance and um, you know a little bit of insight into where things are heading in terms of recovery and things that's been a big shift so a bit more counseling services a lot more closer interaction with tenants and owners than before it's not just about you know submitting you know regular reporting and uh, and, and their profit sharing checks it's now a lot more about uh, protecting their asset and being resilient, trying to um, you know, stop losses not, and not give up any ground on the landlord's side and uh, really help tenants um, gain some confidence and some understanding and uh, of how they can financially make it work as well as physically when it comes to opening their stores. Yeah, and as we as we head into these reopening phases, and you're talking about having to you know help a lot with recovery, the guidance, do some counseling. I know you had mentioned that Cushman and Wakefield developed a couple tools that'll help landlords and tenants, as well as just some different, um, you know, working through these processes. We kind of experienced different things within the organization. Did you want to elaborate a bit on these experiences and some of the tools that you've been working with to help your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Cushman and Wakefield is a global company. Uh, they are operating and managing um, big, large commercial centers and uh, buildings in you know all major cities across the world. So they're they're running buildings in Beijing and other places all over China and a few places in um, in Europe that have started reopening. Uh, we're about 
almost eight weeks since they've started reopening some of those spaces. So there's been lots of time for them to get experience, learn what's working, what isn't, really develop a good playbook of practices and uh, recommendations. And they put together a few fantastic guides to help um, anyone. It's open open source, anyone can use it, or anyone can use it um, to reopen either commercial buildings, retail buildings, industrial buildings. Um, yeah, so of those on the um, office workplace side, what they've called is the recovery readiness guide. That was the first one they came out with. And that was really based on their frontline experience opening office properties in Europe and Asia. Um, within there, there's what they call the safe six. So that's pretty much the, the top highlights that if you hit these things, you'll you'll be able to reasonably reopen and keep everyone safe. And then within there, they, they give a lot of information on specifics, types of things you need to be thinking about, um, what you need, how you need from the landlord side to be working with tenants, how from the tenant side, what you need to be doing with your staff and also with your landlords. Um, and uh, I guess I can touch on kind of a few of those really key points that, that's in there. And probably the biggest one of all is communication and coordination. Um, Landlords are typically working with property managers who are worrying about the day-to-day, -day uh, keeping things clean and reopening. They're making plans how to safely operate the building once you know, things start picking up and stores are allowed to reopen on the retail side and on the office side when employees are start uh, employees and businesses are comfortable to start opening their physical locations again. Um, so they're running around making those plans. Tenants are thinking about how are we going to rearrange the store to keep physical distancing, how are we going to um, communicate with uh, our customers before they enter, when they're here, those kinds of things. And uh, it's really, really important that as all these different plans are being made, that there's a lot of coordination and communication so landlords and managers understand what tenants are doing and vice versa. Um, so it can be as seamless as possible and to avoid any, any really any confusion, any um, undue stress, because as we reopen, um, we want to really maintain customer confidence and, uh, you know, the confidence of the public or your, your customers, whether you're in a professional services industry or you're in a retail industry. Um, you really want them to feel confident coming to your place of business because it's going to be weird and uncomfortable for everyone. And as long as all of the uh, major stakeholders can communicate and coordinate, we can make it as smooth and seamless and safe as possible. Yeah, um, I have to agree. Another... I, was, I was going to say, as you're walking through all of that, I can just, you just picture and imagine all these different moving parts, right? And you just think of how important you do have to work together with someone because if you're not on the same page, it's just, it's not going to go anywhere, right? Like it's just going to, look like a disaster or cause more issues. So that's a really good point to mention is working together when you're doing the reopening phase. So, mm -hmm. And yeah. um, uh, I guess probably another important piece to touch on is the financial side of things, right? Um, yeah. We've all, managers and landlords and tenants have all at this point made arrangements with one another on how they're going to um, you know, how they're going to deal with rent payments and, and challenges to pay those rents once they do start coming up again. But the big question now is as, as buildings start to, as businesses are allowed to reopen on the retail side primarily, um, and offices start to bring some staff back in, um, how do we, um, how do we make sure that things are handled in a sustainable way in terms of economics that landlords aren't overly stressing their tenants trying to early recover some of the you know write-offs or um, um, adjustments they've made to rent payments and that tenants are very upfront and forthcoming with how much they think they can actually afford to contribute towards their rent um, 
so it's going to be i don't think that uh, you know the tap isn't going to go on on day one when um you know when somebody opens their doors again i'd, I'd really caution against that i think the uh, the big advice that i've been trying to give to people is uh, from a landlord's perspective you need to treat each tenant as if they're a brand new startup um, no reputation and uh, no customer base and work with them kind of over the next six months here to help them stabilize and get back to a positive cash flow uh, rebuild their brand almost in the in the um, you know, post post COVID era uh, tenant side. It's really the same thing. You need to think about okay, I've I'm brand new. I've more or less um, you know lost a number of my customers. Um, and how do I reestablish my brand in the market? How do I uh, still how do I adhere to all the um, uh, all the requirements that I have to from a physical distancing and sanitation standpoint um, and still manage to convert sales when customers show up at my because i because i'm not going to be allowed to let everybody in right i need to control that flow so how do i really make sure to convert all those sales um so figuring that out from each side of the coin and working together back to the communication coordination is really going to help too so really we're talking about long-term viability uh, as we rebuild if we if we jump the gun on the financial side of things um it's really gonna it's really gonna cause undue stress and Businesses that may not have had to or may have survived this um, may not now if we're a little too aggressive on the landlord side. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's the point you mentioned about, um, you know, working together and then also having to look at it as the business looks at their brand and kind of retelling their story, so to speak, right? Like figuring out what this is going to look like as they reestablish. I recently recorded a podcast with a downtown member who is a business owner and she said pretty much the same things, Chris. It's an each. She talked about the viability. She talked about creating a 90 day kind of risk protocol and revisiting the understanding of like what her why is right. And the importance of that and why you do what you do and how that's going to roll out in your brand as you like um, kind of reestablish yourself. So um, it's neat to hear your side of the story as well as an actual member who's looking at that right now. Right. And really taking that to heart and seeing what that looks like for her business as she moves forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. It's as I mentioned, I'm a bit more, a bit counselor and a bit um, negotiator that yeah, I haven't absolutely. had to be before. Before it's yeah. kind of, uh, you know, you, uh, you you administer leases for the most part in my role. Um, but now it's a lot more than that. So it's been an interesting challenge. I really enjoyed it. And um, probably for me, the most positive thing to come out of this is how much closer I am to the people that I would normally, you know, that I, I, I work with uh, yeah. typically, but it's a whole other level of comfort and, um, and trust um, that we've all built up. So we rely on people a lot more. Mm -hmm. Well, I think before too, when you think of it, um, probably emotions weren't in the picture, right? Like you would always think like, I can't really talk to somebody that way, right? They don't want to hear that recommendation from me, but now it's like everyone's emotions are, we wear them on our sleeve pretty much right now, right? You just know what someone's feeling because we're all, we're all feeling the same. So I think that, um, awkwardness maybe is out of the picture now and we're just being human right and just being there for what those people need in our lives so yeah I can definitely see how that's had to adapt for you <laughs> so there's some other good points here too I know um, these tools mentioned just with like understanding policies together which we touched on working about working together on how the reopening plan is going to work um, you know, and there is parts in here that you guys touch on in the tools about developing a plan to mitigate fears and concerns 
um, and just making sure that your employees understand what's expected of them too. Did you want to elaborate on any of that guidance at all? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so another thing that, uh, that CWR IPM has been focusing on all this is trying to help out in the community and um, uh, apply our knowledge uh, outside of just traditional real estate. Um, so we've been working with a few different community groups and talking to them to help them uh, reopen and get ready to kind of reemerge and start start returning their service offerings back to the community. Um, and a big part of that is the communication and confidence piece. So along with uh, uh, so we're working with them really to, to help develop communication coordination plans more than or you know the the nuts and bolts of how they're gonna reopen their businesses yeah. um, and the same goes for tenants too we're um, it's, it's a lot about it a lot of it is employee sentiment and how confidently you as the employer are communicating um, so mitigating those fears and concerns one of the big things that um, the Cushman and Wakefield is recommending in their guides is conducting employee surveys trying to understand what they what's been working for them at home what hasn't what they miss about the office, what they don't, uh, and and then taking a good look at your business model and your you know your real estate um, utilization, and think about is there, you know, in the short term, how can we how can we br start bringing people back and keep them physically distanced? But in the longer term, um, you know, where this new normal is heading, I think we'll see a big hybrid of. Uh, or a big acceleration of um, work-life balance or working from home kind of stuff, and how do we reuse the existing our existing footprints to make t the time when staff are in the office more collaborative? You know, when we're not so worried about being far apart from each other, um, but being more collaborative and more high-functioning when they're in the when as they come and go from the office space. Mm -hmm. um, so that's I think there's a lot of work that commercial office tenants um, could or should be doing on that side of things. Really just understanding employee sentiment and, and taking this as an opportunity to um, change the way they use their real estate, not necessarily how they do their business, but um, you know, how they use the space that they're renting when maybe they don't have every uh, button every day. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the tools too they mention is um, having like a team that's like ongoing support, right? Like that might be something it's not like this is going away anytime soon, right? And everything we've learned or people are, are going to learn through the this process is kind of going to be evolving and ongoing. So having the support of like a team within your organization to possibly help with, with creating that emergency response for something in the future or just ongoing support um, throughout as things evolve, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, I think you'll see a lot of um, a lot of resiliency teams, as I've called them, uh, starting mm -hmm. to pop up when they're when they're looking more about like uh, business interruption has never been more top of mind for for uh, you know business leaders, um, and I mean, it's just never happened before. So there, are, a lot of them, I'm sure, are looking at how do we how do we work differently or respond faster next time since we've sort of had to figure it out on the fly what worked for us what didn't going through here and and creating that team or task force to look at different aspects too of being resilient in business you know economic resiliency and uh physical resiliency um lots of those kinds of things service offerings and processes and things i think the resiliency will be the word of 2020 2021 um 
and yeah, coming up with those teams that are you know made up of a big mix of different people, HR professionals, uh, your your business people, your salespeople, to come up with strategies to mitigate how this is all gonna you know play out next time around. Mm -hmm. And part of the tools, like we touched on the one tool already, the recovery readiness, but there was a second tool that recently came out more related to retail. Mm -hmm. Did you want to kind of briefly overview what that one is more involved with? Right. And that's probably a bit more interesting or a bit more applicable to um, the businesses that are really where the, the uncertainty is and the reopenings are starting to happen. Uh, so the, the, the Cushman Wakefields released the retail guide and within it has the safe eight. I'm not going to go through all eight of them, but um, the, 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 essentially the big points are, um, as I mentioned earlier, you need to think about how you're going to let people know how you're going to navigate people through your store um how are you going to control access uh in terms of you know you can only let two you may have a smaller retail store and you may only be able to let two or three customers in at a time um so how do you how do you deal with the lineup up front how do you keep those people engaged um so when they're pulling up in the parking lot that they see the big line they don't move on right you're, you're really trying to convert all those sales and then thinking about your inventory, so what kind of product are you going to hold? Um, how and how much of it uh, do you have ways to get just-in-time delivery set up instead of sitting on a back room full of, uh, of product? You're going to have to really be selective in what you have on display. You probably have to remove some racking or some tables and things in the stores. So be really conscientious of what... You know, where maybe your where your high margin products are, uh, which your quick easy sales are, your um, so on that side of things, you need to think about how you're going to deal with. Uh, well, you really can't let people try stuff on, so how are you going to deal with returns, um, and still trying to convert those? You know, what product can you have in the store to convert those customers to sales, but not uh, have them spend a whole bunch of time in there and they can't try something on for fit, so. If you think the, think through those um, those ideas, um, and then then coaching and training your staff. So making sure you have proper training in terms of sanitization, because the the people working the store are going to be the ones who have to regularly wipe down you know customer touch point surfaces. Um, proper PPE. So as the employer, I think you should be supplying masks to your staff. Uh, how that looks is up to you. You know, follow the right guidelines. Um, and then training and coaching on how to deal with people who are in the store who may not be distancing or you have one customer that's just creeping up too close to somebody else that's in the store a few times and uh, some tools on how to manage those interactions. Um, there's going to be heightened you know, anxiety and awkwardness. It's just, I mean, it's, it's weird, right? You walk into a store, you want to see a smiling uh, sales rep. Um, and to show show you lots of stuff, trying lots of stuff, and now you're going to walk in and everybody's got a mask on, half the stuff is in the store, can't really touch anything or try anything. Um, so it's, 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 it's really that's how do you, how do you navigate all that? Um, that's really where those, those big eight run through. It's very, very useful for any retailer. Yeah. But it, it's, um, it is like, I'm even noticing when I go out now just to get groceries, right? Like I, I've gone down the aisle the wrong way sometimes. And you know, you see the lines and you're like, Ooh, like you just feel like someone's gonna come yell at you from up above, like you're going the wrong way, right? Like you don't know, it is, like you said, it, there's a, 
the weird feeling, right? Like you just don't know what to expect when you walk in places sometimes. So right. I think yeah. having that clear, clear understanding and, you know, um, approaching your customers when they come in and giving them the guidelines right up front so everyone feels comfortable is going to be really important because it is, it's awkward, right? It's not the same, just being able to run in and out and grab what you need. You have to make sure you're going down the right way and you're not too close and yeah, different. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's where a big piece of it is, is again, back to the giving uh, your staff tools and tips and things. Cause I know for me, when I'm walking up the aisle and I might be going the right way, I've often gone the wrong, but if I'm going the right way and somebody isn't, um, you feel that anxiety and kind of like a little bit of that conflict and confrontation. Yep. Uh, so now imagine you're in charge of running the store and you have people, you have your customers who you're trying to convert to sales, but you have to scold them and yeah. you have to tell them, listen, you're really, you know, it's important that you keep your distances and you may not be comfortable with that. So um, that's part of converting those sales. You really have to give your staff all the tools and training and, and everything they could possibly need to convert those sales. Very important, I think. Absolutely. And now both these guides, where can our listeners find these guides, Chris? Um, probably the easiest way would be to link it in the description. But uh, if you go to CushmanWakefield.com, so that's the Cushman's global website, um, right on top you'll see a banner for recovery readiness. And if you click on that, there's lots of different um, um, printed tools, lots of research articles, um, webinars that have all been recorded, and uh, and it's it's pretty impressive stuff. Uh, if you listen to webinars, some of them had uh, thirty thousand people on the call, so wow. they, they truly are global. Um, very impressive with their thought leadership and uh, the, all the different research departments that they have under the umbrella. Um, they're really pumping out strong research and thinking in terms of how to get just how to get real estate and buildings and businesses reopened and uh, back to being you know, uh, sustainable or economically sustainable and viable. Well, and as we continue to evolve and, you know, things are changing um, as we move day to day, I hear a lot about like the importance of technology and people bring up um, smart, like how smart is your building? Did you want to kind of touch on that when it comes to Richmond and Wakefield's thoughts or your thoughts about what that looks like for the future? Sure. Yeah, I think well, part of the I think part of the outcomes of these resiliency teams and things, and and as <clears throat> as landlords, and this is what I'm 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 really uh, trying to guide my clients towards is being uh, prepared for a lot of different outcomes. So from a landlord standpoint, um, I'll probably just focus on that. Uh, your telecom system and your your network system inside the building has been is pretty important um, because I think tenants of the future are going to look to uh, cloud base a lot of their stuff right. because they've had they, they've had so many employees uh, they've had so many employees move out of the office and start working from home and just hammering their server network if they have an internal server a lot of uh, a lot of tenants do um, and you can only transmit as much as the pipe will hold, you know, put it in layman's terms. So from a building infrastructure standpoint, I think looking at that networking and technology and the infrastructure side is important. And then um, from a management standpoint, having a smart building, which really means you have an automated building. There's a, there's a computer server in there that's um, connected to all the HVAC systems and fire life safety systems, camera systems, and all sorts of lighting and all sorts of things. Um, that the maintenance and operations and management people can 
access remotely and control the building. So um, those buildings that have had those systems in place have been able to respond quickly as, you know, as mass mags exodus happens out of them um, and still maintain, still maintain the buildings from an operational standpoint that they're running and safe um, without having to have full complement of staff, uh, you know, for safety and all sorts of other reasons. Um, so buildings that don't have that have had some real challenges having to operate, I think, through, uh, through this big shutdown. And they'll be a lot slower to adapt um, as, uh, as people start coming back because, you know, you're going to have to almost recommission the entire building, which is uh, difficult and, and costly when you don't have a smart building, per se. Absolutely. And if the listeners had questions regarding this, Chris, could they reach out to you or would they reach out to Cushman and Wakefield just to get some maybe like where to even go, like what direction if they did have to revamp their business or building? Yeah, I'd be happy to talk to anyone. Um, it's probably easiest to start with me and then any resources I can pull and, and, and uh, help, uh, help deliver those ones. So um, yeah, you can um, just reach me. Probably email might just be best. So chris.johnson at cwregina.com. Great. And now I just have to ask Chris, with all of this going on, what do you see is going to be the new normal? Um, there's probably a few different new normals and it's going to take a long time to get there, I think. Uh, uh, we'll probably see, I touched on it a little earlier, but a big, a big acceleration in uh, work from home or remote work. And it's going to have a lot of, um, a lot of impact in utilization of real estate from the commercial office side of things. I don't see tenants or I don't see like uh, footprint shrinking, but I see, you know, expansion plans definitely being uh, reconsidered, um, but more like reutilization. So how can offices re, uh, rebuild themselves physically to keep everybody distanced more, you know, a bit more than before when the next pandemic comes up so we can maybe have more people in the office if we need to. Um, but how do we make that utilization more uh, collaborative and attractive to people? So when they are in the office, they're, they're there to, you know, see people and interact with their team members. Um, and how do you rebuild or redefine those areas of your office space to accommodate that? They're going to be at home getting, you know, crushing out those, those reports. They're going to be in the office collaborating. Um, so that's where I think you'll see that. And on the retail side, I hate to say it, but an acceleration of online, even more so online shopping and things. And, um, and we'll probably see a conversion to even local businesses that uh, most of their product offering um, from a retail standpoint will be on the internet and and in their store will be the uh, you know the highlight pieces the try-ons uh, before you before we have it delivered to you the next day um, so you'll and, and that'll naturally mean smaller fewer stores so I think we'll see a lot less bricks and mortar unfortunately um, and and more experiential shopping so those who can convert to that experiential shopping uh, when you come into the, the bricks and mortar store, um, we'll have a lot more success because people are going to be looking for those. So I think there's just going to be fewer options in general uh, as we start seeing more closures over the next six, 12 months. Absolutely. Now, as we come to an end, is there anything you'd like to add as any final thoughts or advice for anyone out there today? Uh, sure. Like I think from some advice uh, as the economy in Saskatchewan starts to reopen and businesses are, um, are uh, returning to 
operation, I won't say normal. Um, the, uh, I think just take it slow and be open and honest from a business point, be very open and honest and upfront with your landlord on how you're doing, how, how, uh, what your cash reserves might be like when the doors do finally open and, and come up with a plan together to do it successfully. So you don't burden, um, landlords don't burden tenants and tenants start, uh, um, start contributing back to the base rents or back to the revenue of the property and, and paying rents again. Um, from the public standpoint, as we start going back into these office buildings and back into the malls and retail stores is be patient. Um, you're not going to be able to run in and out to, um, you know, do a quick return anymore. So uh, really be conscious of what you're buying and um, and serious, I guess, when you're out shopping too. So you can help those, uh, you can help the businesses convert those sales and only people who are really there to spend some money um, are there uh, taking up space in the store and in line and things. Um, and uh, we'll see how we'll see how it goes, take it slow. If we rush it, we'll end up having to go backwards and nobody wants that. So um, I think everyone's done a really, really great job being um, secluded and, and keeping their distances. And I know I really, everyone's anxious to start getting back to normal but uh, it's going to be a long swing into that new normal. So uh, take your time and be patient and be nice. <laughs> I agree. Thanks, Chris. I truly appreciate you coming on and sharing all the wonderful advice and strategies that um, Cushman and Wakefield Global and yourselves have been working on and just to help everyone within your community. Um, it's truly appreciated what you've been doing. So um, I thank you again. And um, yeah, I hope everything goes well and we just, Look forward to having you come on the podcast again sometime to share more of your information. Sure, I appreciate it, Dominica, and um, I really like the uh, you know really appreciate all the work that the Regina Downtown Bid does. Uh, really, is a very powerful tool, and I think with the, your leadership and uh, through Judith and others, um, we really do have one of the down, best downtown bids in the country. So great job! Oh, that's awesome. Sending virtual hugs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Chris. Have a great day. Thanks. Take care.